Hey, Sparkler parents, it's Christine, the host of the podcast, and we are starting something new. So we are going to start airing this on a YouTube channel, Sweet Pea Pediatric Wellness. So you can either continue to listen on your favorite podcast outlet like you always have been, and or jump over to YouTube and search for Sparkler Parents or Sweet Pea Pediatric Wellness uh, over there. And so um, we also have a Facebook group you can join, Sparkler Parents Podcast. And that Facebook group consists of moms and dads and um, different people who are interested in creating present moment parent present moment awareness uh, in our parenting. So come join the conversation over there. On today's episode, we are continuing our discussion of brain-based parenting. So it'd be great if you can uh, grab this book. Now, the cool thing about doing a book in um, a podcast or a vlog type of thing is that you can come back to it anytime. So even if you don't own this book, maybe you're on the wait list for the book from the library, um, you can jump in anytime and um, chat with me in the Facebook group if you'd like and, or post your comments in, in the um, YouTube um, video as well. So Brain-Based Parenting, the Neuroscience of Caregiving for Healthy Attachment. It's written by Daniel Hughes and Jonathan Balin. And um, this book is pretty heavy on science, but I think that's why it's um, such an effective book because it is very scientifically based and that helps us have a better understanding of what's going on, not only with our kids, but with ourselves. And so just as a recap for the first two chapters of this book, um, it laid the foundations of, of what it is going on in our brains as parents and in our children's brains and what should happen. What's the ideal setup to be the most loving parent possible. And um, now we are moving into chapter three. In chapter three, it's called Blocked Care and How It Happens. So once we know all of the systems in our brain and how they should be um, linking together to help us provide excellent care for our offspring, then we can talk in to the reasons why blocked care might happen, why that might not be going on for us to be that loving parent all the time. And they list four different types of blocked care, chronic blocked care, which would be something that is the case when most likely the parent is undergoing some sort of trauma or in the past, the parent has had some sort of trauma or potentially um, a neurological difference or um, medical issue that is not allowing the parent to have access to um, all of the systems that would allow the parent to, to parent uh, in a respectful and, and loving way. 
Um, so that would be chronic block care. We won't talk a lot about that today um, because I, I don't think that that's where we are at as parents. Um, acute blocked cares, if something is going on right in the moment or probably within the last 30 days, that's making it very challenging for you to be that parent that you are striving to be. And this might be like a sudden loss of a job or the sudden loss of a loved one, maybe a new diagnosis that you've received, um, something that's acutely stressful in your life. And for the moment, you're having a hard time making those connections with your children. Um, child specific. So that would be the case where normally for other children, you are able to have um, that open responsive relationship with other children, maybe even other children of your own. But for one child, you just can't have that, um, that you just can't make those connections. Something's not working, something's not online. And uh, it feels really difficult. It feels like there's a lot of resistance with just this one child. And then the last one is age specific. So this would be the, the blocked care um, during one particular time point of a child's life. Um, and in the book, they talk about the terrible twos and the teen years, because for the child, that's a very um, tumultuous time. There's a lot of transition going on for your two-year-old or for your teenager, a lot of different hormones and neurochemicals that are being made at different rates or um, their bodies are changing and they're just not able to kind of keep up with the changes um, at, in that time period and they haven't kind of transitioned out of that time, difficult space yet. And you as the parent are having a really challenging time um, staying with them due to all the stress that they're experiencing. And just as a review, the five domains of parenting that may be offline or may be challenged would be the parental approach system, the ability to feel safe and stay open and engaged while interacting closely with your child, the parental reward system, the ability to experience parenting as pleasurable, satisfying, rewarding, the parental child reading system, our ability as a parent to understand, to attune to, and empathize with the child based off of most likely nonverbal cues, so their facial expression, their tone of voice, their body language, the parental meaning-making system, the ability to make sense of one's experiences as a parent and create a coherent personal narrative about being a parent. So I think as human beings in general, whether you're a parent or not, our brains are always predicting what's going on. And based off of the information that we have through our senses, our internal senses and our external senses, we are making predictions about what's going to happen next. And that's what our brain is um, responding to is, is those predictions. And so if, if this particular parental meaning making system is offline a little bit, the predictions that we're making are going to be that my child just can't do it. My child is lazy. Um, my child doesn't like me. Um, we kind of go off into these 
worries and fears that really are not based in any sort of fact, but we get ourselves um, either ahead of ourselves or stuck in the past. And so when we work on this present moment parenting, we're right here, we're right now, and we are actually strengthening that parental meaning making system um, to help make sense of our experiences right here in the moment. So that's actually really important. But again, if we have, we're dealing with a two-year-old who's tantruming every five minutes, um, that's gonna be challenged. That's gonna be challenged for us. And the parental executive system, that's again, the ability to regulate one's own internal states and to monitor the quality of the parent-child connection and engage in timely, and effective repair. Remember, that's the last thing to develop in our human brains, probably not until about 26 years old, that our executive system is fully online. And so if you are somebody who has experienced a lot of stress or trauma or anxiety prior to that, I'll tell you that that's, that might be delayed a little bit. And so for other people who um, have more resiliency or who have more resources, they might have arrived at that point in time sooner. Um, but again, stress challenges these uh, systems. And whether it's stress that you're creating within your body or in your external environment, uh, with your relationship with your spouse or your partner, maybe something going on at work, a global pandemic, all of those stressors um, need to be balanced out with what our resources. And we can definitely use this podcast as a resource. Um, you can use your parents as a resource. You can use your friends as a resource for just for listening to you. So create a list of resources. Who's going to be there for you to help you buffer your stress? Create a list of activities that you enjoy to help create a better feeling for yourself so that even in the times of stress, because they're going to happen, we can't take those away, but we can help buffer the stress so that we're not, the scales are not fully tipped in stress, that we have more of a balance between the stress of our child screaming or throwing things at us because they're having a hard time dealing with their own emotions and what we do to respond and how we can how we as a parent can stay more connected to what's going on within ourselves so that we keep all five of those parental systems online and functioning as at the highest level possible for the longest amount of time because everybody has their limit but I want my limit to be up here. I don't want my, my triggers to get, get triggered um, over spilt milk, which for me used to happen. I had so much stress going on in my life that if one of my three kids like just knocked over the house plant and accidentally, you know, it was an accident, but my trigger was so low that I just exploded. So I personally had used exercise and meditation as a way to grow my tolerance. And the meditation truly has made the biggest difference, but that's for me. So, you know, create your list of resources, figure out what you have to help buffer the stress. Cause like I said, that stress is gonna come and um, we can't take, we can't get rid of all the stress. Now, of course 
we can get rid of some stress. Um, for instance, Facebook, you know, Facebook or social media. Do we really need to be on there all the time? Um, maybe, you know, your bedtime routine. Um, maybe that means hiring a housekeeper if you can or um, asking your older children to have more responsibilities or chores, give them a job um, to do. Like, how do we get rid of the things that we can get rid of, but then buffer better the stressors that we have no control over? All right, that's the beginning of chapter three. And we'll keep reading. Again, please join me in the Facebook group so we can discuss this more and maybe let me know what are some of your resources that you help manage stress um, and challenge so that you can keep your parenting center centers online longer? So tell me about your resources.